Hello and welcome to YouTube's favorite comics channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Want to remind everybody at home, we have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon now. Three different levels will give you access to our videos early, give you a leg up on the Kayfabe effect. And at the King Kayfaber level, you not only get all of our videos first, you also get to sit in on the recording sessions. So you get to hear all of our uh, behind the scenes preparation for these episodes. Sometimes we talk shop about upcoming guests and uh, just general extra comics conversation with the ultimate King Kayfabers, us. You can also support us by buying our comics. In front of you is the bibliography of our output. Ed has a couple of big books coming out this year, starting with Hip Hop Family Tree, The Omnibus. This is going to feature all of the Hip Hop Family Tree comics in one handsome oversized volume, along with 140 extra pages. So pre-order that one today, and there is a discount if you uh, get your orders in early. Red Room Crypto Killers is starting up in the next couple of months. You can pre-order that one or subscribe to that one now. This is the main cover by Ed Piscor. This is a special sketch cover for uh, all of you with active imaginations and talent out there. Peach Momoko, the cottage industry is back. My homage to Rob Liefeld's Youngblood and the Red Room Crypto Killers number one Ed Piscor variant. So pick these up wherever you buy comics and let your comic store know that you want these so that you won't miss out on anything. You can also find Ed's X-Men Grand Design, three volumes, Hip Hop Family Tree, the box sets and oversized editions still available. WYSIWYG and two volumes of Red Room have already been published. So. Fill up those collections, boys and girls. My next book, Street Angel, Princess of Poverty, coming out from Image Comics later this spring. You can pre-order this one now. It collects all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Deadliest Girl Alive. Complete your Street Angel collection with Princess of Poverty. You can also pick up my recent books, The Plain Janes, Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, and Hulk Grand Design. You cannot miss that oversized fluorescent cover. Pick it up while supplies last, though. Took a while to get that one printed, so don't want to wait on a reprint. All right, Ed, we have talked about this book off air a few times. Chalkin, the Forever Man, was a Sega game. It was kind of one of those self-published comic characters, early hits that got licensed, and I assume did well for our creator, Robert A. Krause. Rack. We know him because he's out of Ohio, which meant he came to all the Pittsburgh comic conventions, all the local conventions at least, I would see him set up. And uh, is somebody interested in making comics? When I saw somebody who was self-publishing and doing their own thing with success, I had to check that stuff out. Had a whole uh, bibliography of stuff. Like when you go through the quarter bins, uh, you'll find Thunder Mace and, yes. and like Dark Lord or something like that. Like yeah. all, all this like... Steven Dark Lord, I think. <laughs> yeah. All, all of this like Dungeons and Dragons inspired role-playing game type comics. He is part of a wing of black and white comics where people are basically like visualizing in comics form their like D&D campaigns type shit. They're those people that like... The reason why those fucking sword salesmen and shit are at these conventions are because, like, these type of dudes, that's their kind of stuff. Uh, the artwork is indicative of role-playing game artwork. Uh, it really is. To to a certain extent, man, where they, they play with other media to get the grays across. I don't, I don't know that Rack has ever sat with a piece of duotone board or something, but he tries to get his, his grays in there with an ink wash or line or whatever. Uh, Weird when, mechanical lettering. Yeah, he never had confidence in his lettering. Like, he never hand letters at all. Uh, the dude... I don't know how that video game happened. Like, when you play the video game... First off, it's unbelievable, right? Because this is just some... 
dude out of Ohio putting his comic together. Uh, there I do are, think Chalkin looks cool. Yeah, but you know it's, I mean? it's Solomon like, Kane. Like it is Solomon it's, Kane. It's, yeah, it's established. It's Fair. it's dead. It's dead Solomon Kane or or uh, uh, Vampire Hunter D. Like you know, it's any number of those things. Uh, there were other Genesis games. There was the Malibu comics, uh, X Mutants. Zen had a cup of coffee, and I grabbed the Zen Archie issue number one. And in the back editorial is written by, I guess his name's Steve Stern, something like that, the, the original creator, the writer of, uh, of uh, Zen. And uh, with the success of Ninja Turtles, he found that Surge Licensing were the people that like made that happen, that stuff happen for Eastman and Laird. Mark Friedman, he's, he's in every documentary, the, the toy documentary on Netflix, the Turtle Power documentary. Mark, Mark Friedman is, uh, is essential for the success kills this dude with a staff through the ground through the skull <laughs> <laughs> and uh the stern guy sent that zen comic to friedman and surge licensing and it's it's friedman that made all that stuff happen the the archie deal that you know took advantage of the already established relationship that friedman had with archie comics toy lines all of that stuff but friedman massaged it and it's like you gotta turtle find this thing i wonder if he had some hand in this shit it's certainly possible mm-hmm there would have been, um, I'm sure there were people that were going to these conventions looking for that kind of thing. Like, what can I exploit? Yeah. And I don't know Robert Krauss, but, you know, some rube out of Ohio, pretty good guy to maybe be like, yeah, let me let me see what I can sell. I, I, w- I will say this, like the Chuck on the Forever Man game is always included. Killed a unicorn. Yeah. He's yeah. going through here fighting like the vampires the br- and the werewolves. Remember bronies? Yeah. <laughs> They're upset with Chuck on... Uh, the Chalkon game is always included whenever they put out like a comp- compilation edition or like a, a CD, a, a, a physical game that has like 10 Genesis games yeah. or whatever. It's always included. And the game is so nothing special. It's one of those games that you could just plug in a character. This The company that made the game might have already had that game built. But it's just like, let's gussy right. it up. Maybe, maybe you'll sell a couple of more because Chalkon... I don't know that this was a hit before then. I think like I don't know that this was a hit afterwards. There were never lines at the table whenever I saw him. No, and you, and you could still. Well, I like his art. I, I think there's stuff that really works. It's been a couple of years. This is a this is a collection of like his first stuff going back to '85. Yeah. For people keeping, because I'm gonna keep flipping. You keep do talking. It, do I'll it. Keep yeah. Flipping. This is 1990. This is in the middle here. When you and I have been doing conventions together and stuff, Rack Rack is there. He's got his little bi- bibliography of whatever he has. Uh, he has current chalk on comics. He's definitely like, you know, he's definitely ex- celebrating that chalk on was a Sega game. But what he's done the last times I've seen him is he'll get like, you know, those little hard plastic gimmicks that you put uh, trading, trading card. cards mm-hmm. in. That's what he does. He, he does these like one-off drawings of like, say, Ash as a, from Evil Dead as like a little zombie or something. And he'll do the original art and then he'll print up a bunch of those and then just ha- have all pop culture character cards, hundreds of them. It's a whole enterprise because you know how that goes. Like it's, NPC fanboys yeah, and shit like, like that, that who who are in, into, you know, DuckTales or something. So he'll feel that need. Here's a zombie Huey, Dewey, and Louie Krauss drawing in color for you. There, there are overlaps. Like, I would see connection to something like a Hellboy. 
and I mean, this came before, it's not like a ripoff of Hellboy, but it's sort of that supernatural kind of elements. You know, you can almost figure out certain of those elements and those cards with pop culture all over them. Mm -hmm. Kind of fits, you know, like there's zombie, you mentioned the role-playing game is a big one. Um, you, you can almost see like how these pieces assemble. Yeah, there, there are wings of these guys at the comic conventions. I was so impressed with them when I was a kid who would have like the gray washes on their pages with paste-up lettering. That's gotta be airbrush, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, with paste-up lettering and shit. Uh -huh. and, and it was just like, wow, this looks like so hard to do. And I, I would just be endlessly impressed. I, and I would buy any of that stuff. I mean, it's how... I, I don't know that I got my comic uh, from a uh, quarter bin. I think I think I got it from the man himself. This is um this is drawn on like a uh, either a chipboard or a gray board. Yeah, yeah, you could see it. Like uh -huh. uh, you would get uh, Canson paper. Yeah. That's it. That's Canson paper texture. It's kind of neat. Yeah, he's, he plays with that stuff, dude. He's um in this interview that bookends this this issue. He talks about like he's a Art Institute of Pittsburgh grad. There are some pictures of him. Reminds me of Sting and Ultimate Warrior and the early Blade days. Runners. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, you know his background's a little bit more on the commercial art side, and I don't know what his comics aspirations were. Like he self-published some of those books that you mentioned. Well, I mean, he self-published all these books. Two, so, three dozen comics at least. So, some interest, and like the the first issue collects stuff that goes back to '85. So maybe he was into that black and white explosion era, and. Uh, came out of it probably better than most guys. You know, with that video game, I, I hope you made some money on that. But probably came out a little better than your average black and white explosion book. And then, I haven't seen him in a long time. This would have been like probably early 2000s maybe when I when I would have seen him at shows, maybe maybe 90s, something like that. Yeah, um, he definitely, like his, there's a graphic design component to his covers that I think his covers look pretty good. From a million miles away, Scream Rack. And it's the black border. Mm -hmm. His logos have a synergy. There's an airbrush component. Um, it's always that like Renaissance Fair type shit. Get this Jesus being crucified. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Rack is an edgelord. This is, I think, 94, 95, this book. So I think this is his last... This is the last chalkin that I'm going to show you guys at home in terms of, of uh, chronology. He adopted some Jim Lee flair. <laughs> it looks like yeah, could little McFarlaneisms. Wonder if he's pitching this to to an Image Comics or if he liked the self publishing uh, freedom. He talks also in that interview that he's doing these comics at night, you know, doing commercial art during the day. So uh, how about that for all the various comics There's characters spawn right there? Out. Spawn, Superman, Charlie Brown, Mickey Mouse. Who's next? <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes, fellow Ohioan. <laughs> Yeah, kind of weird comics, but it's it's neat. I bet you a lot of people, at least from this area, are familiar with this guy. Yeah. Like if you've been fooling around with comics, and it's so interesting because, like, I think of the contingent of who were the local guys that came around. Like Bendis was a guy, you know, in that in that '90s, early 2000s, out of Ohio that you would see at these same shows, you know, and not much difference whenever he's like uh, a caliber, you know, and he's yeah. kind of doing the the high contrast photo type art. Like, uh, just figuring out, you know, how to make comics and then what you do with it is where they really start to diverge. But that was always a part of comic conventions for me were the local guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I never sort of made those connections, but it would be like the indie stuff. And, and, oh, yeah. And I uh, I would grab grab it all, you know? So like, so, like, whenever I got into the game and I started going to conventions, and I wonder if it's the same mistake for everybody, but you sort of overpack mm -hmm. because you think that, 
uh, there should be at least 200 people who are going to come here who are like me that buy one of everything on the indie thing. And then you go home with uh, 198 yes. fucking books. And then you're Better like, what? Too much than not enough. What happened? Especially if you're driving yourself. But yeah, it can be depressing when you're packing out and you've only half a box is all you got rid of. What happened? <laughs> you're lucky if you get rid of half a box, man. Yeah, I'm curious to see what a kind of response comes up if people know this game, if it did have some some wider traction. It's and, very uh, well known in the retro game community, for sure. And I'm also curious if people have like recommendations for their own region of guys who did interesting work, but maybe never got out beyond, you know, whatever couple of state area of we, wherever they drove to. We we uh, we looked at some of that stuff, man. That that like Chillville joint. What was yes, that cat's out name? Out of Maine. Yeah, yeah. like like I never seen Glenn something Chadbourne. like it. Yeah, never seen stuff like that. And you know, super stoked to get on. Yeah, hands and pre on that. pre internet, like I think that local thing was even more prominent. You know, if you didn't find national distribution, or if you come after the black and white glut. Good luck. Good luck getting your comics distributed widely. These pieces are also staples of uh, rack covers. You know, yeah. he always has the black border, but like this kind of filigree. It is interesting. Like that logo is not bad. You can see certain characteristics that would make this book pop as you're walking by. Because right. that's the other thing. If you're casually going through these conventions and you don't know everything and who everyone is, you're kind of judging this stuff by the cover. You know, like get a decent professional looking cover and you'll be ahead of the game. Uh, in, in those old artist alleys. I wonder if that's totally gone now. I just remember like Pittsburgh artist alleys and how, boy, you know, like it was just a crapshoot. What you're going to find, like before the days of like internet darlings and things, it was very random of like, look at each table and see what you can take from it. The the work was at a much higher level though. Like, like I would, like I said, I would grab like one of everything and uh, I got like Adam Polina comics before he was anybody. It was called like, Adventures of Adam and Steve or something like that, like he, he and his homeboy and and uh, man, I could name names that like nobody has ever heard and, and they just they just all had skills really. Every now and then I would get something too that I really liked and that guy never did another comic uh -huh. thing ever and I and I'll and I'll go through like my stuff my collection at home and I'll find them and I'll remember like oh man I really like this book look the person up and it's like there's just nothing they did one book it was cool and that was it it's one of my favorite things to do when digging up uh, old old comics like like that Chillville comic and and you give it a read through and then you google them to see where they they're at uh, I remember I got some one old comic and the guy did uh principal design work for like the Godfather video game, you know, these people pivot into other creative endeavors and stuff, but the roots are in comics sometimes, certainly in the, in the mid eighties when it was really viable, when there were, uh, you know, 4,000 stores that were going to buy one of everything. So, so, uh, you might sell 10,000 of just whatever it is. Uh, you know, if you could just figure out how to print up something like then half the battle was done for you. He's like a Chris silver from, from, uh, Ohio, but he did his own stuff. He, Instead yeah. of farming everything out, like he was the guy uh, also producing, he was the talent as well as the publisher. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because because when I was talking about the cover aesthetics, uh, the other like iconic cover aesthetic that was like a template for the whole brand would be the Silver Wolf comics or like Venusian comics or or what's <laughs> also the other Chris one? Silver. I can't remember what his third company was. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, those books are so funny for that reason. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of books did that. Milestone did it. Whenever DC published Milestone, they had a very distinct border oh, like right. trade yeah, yeah. dress, you know. So, yeah, it was, uh, it, it's funny that that part of it. You don't, no one ever talks about it, but Valiant would have, like, the first couple years of Valiant would have their title block where it was like a rectangle of the title, you know, title and the rectangle kind of thing. And 
it branded them visually for right. good or, or bad. You know, it didn't always work out. I think these look pretty good, and but it, it doesn't always. And you always know, man. Like, like you just you could look at the. T I could look at the top of an old box of comics and just be like, that's got to be a rack. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's amongst old stuff, but he had better paper than everybody in the I was going to say, that's the other thing. I bet she's printing locally, you know, connected to something. Because you look at these and it's like, this is an era where it could have been newsprint. This is a caliber yeah. era comic, but you see that it's like on white, crisp paper. It's heavier than regular comic books of that time. Yeah. We could talk uh, all day, every day, man, about... Uh, Black and white comics and chalk on the forever man. Rack, <laughs> rack, rack, are you out there? Rack, yeah, are you out the there, question. man? Uh, much respect. You good to go? I am. Okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. And we do have a Patreon for Cartoonist Kayfabe. Support the channel. Become a King Kayfaber. You get all the videos before anybody else. And if you're a King Kayfaber, you're hanging out with us right now in the chat room, watching us record these videos live. But the vids are brought to you by the books that we make. Jimmy, tell the people what you got. Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. This is my next book coming out later this spring. You can pre-order this now wherever you buy comics or books. Collects all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Deadliest Girl Alive, so it's the perfect companion to Deadliest Girl Alive. Uh, Plain Janes and Hulk Grand Design are my other recent books. Pick those up, add those to your collection, and join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where I am serializing my latest comics. Just started this week, so check those out. Red Room Crypto Killers 1, going to be coming out in May. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Uh, it will be monthly. There's a bunch of covers to go along with each issue. For issue one, there's a sketchbook, the sketch cover, Peach Momoko variant. Jimmy did uh, a variant by way of Rob Liefeld, Youngblood 1, and uh, there's the Eddie P variant cover for that. Two trade paperbacks of Red Room are out there in the wild. Uh, support the book. Uh, th this Crypto Killers will be the last uh, Red Room uh, miniseries for a while, at the very least. Uh, but big year 2023 for us, and the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming out uh, for the holidays. But put in your pre-orders right now. Let your shop know to order heavy on this thing. Uh, 504 pages collecting all of the uh, four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree that are out there. It's going to have 140 pages of additional content that was not in those first four volumes. Uh, there are three volumes, X-Men Grand Design and WYSIWYG, out there in hardcover. Support our books. Keep these videos coming to you on a regular basis. But Jimmy, what else do we got? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, sweatshirts, mugs, stickers, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is under this video, too. Great ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders, and we'll be on our way. Make more comics.